Beautiful. Wow, I've been lighting a while. <laughs> Don't be nervous. I'm nervous. Go right oh, out. Got a, I'm already had a joke. Oh my gosh. I've got a joke for this already. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Hello. What is up, everyone? This is Mike White, and this is Dad Roundnet Podcast, episode 22 of the 2023 season. I'm here with Scott Beeks, of course. Uh, Tops, it's a little late for him because we have guests today, uh, as you see from the title of the episode. That's, this doesn't just surprise you. Um, so Tops is in here, but uh, he's probably asleep at like 2 a.m. over there. Uh, uh, but nevertheless, we're very excited about this episode because we are interviewing Ben and Albert, the men behind the Round Network, which uh, if you are a Round Net follower, you have definitely seen their impact this year and uh, we're very happy to finally have them on the show well ben and alby how you doing ben you can go ahead oh I'm, I'm doing well i just want to wish mike a belated happy birthday this is your 222 episode for that roundup podcast a little easter egg wow. for all the fans out there albert how you doing i'm doing well we have yeah we've really been in the kitchen editing kitchen for a long time and i'm super excited we have something coming out soon and it should unlock a lot of things to come so it is the spikeball college nationals film but we could talk more about that as we go we've got we got so many things to talk he's already dropping teasers for one day <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, wor- I'm worried about how much about how much albert wants to tease and how much i want to tease and i'm like <laughs> oh there's no teasing i'm literally dropping everything we're doing <laughs> yeah. share i'm sharing everything <laughs> but i think so to, to reel it back a second i think just for the audience to know it's been a Bit, quite an effort to bring you guys on. Obviously, you're both very busy inside Roundnet and outside of Roundnet. Um, and it, we're very happy and excited to have you guys finally on the podcast to talk more about both yourselves and and the project. I think it'll be great for the audience from an initial standpoint. A little bit introduce yourselves as uh, people away from Roundnet before we go into the details and the, the depth of uh, the Round Network. Albie, if you want to start, just give a little introduction about yourself and what you do. We still haven't figured out the, how to interview two people at once, so bear with us. <laughs> yeah, we'll call out a name. We'll call out a name. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, a little bit about me. Uh, I was born in Miami, and I grew up there until I was like, you know, 17, 18, went to school at UF, and then moved to New York City shortly after that, and then moved to DC, and I've been here ever since. Um, I have a background in a lot of different types of film, whether it's like music video or commercial, um, a little bit of feature stuff. And then in New York, I got to work with CBS Sports on March Madness. And that's kind of when I was like, oh, wait, sports film is really incredible. And um, yeah, the Smithsonian became a documentary side for me in DC. And now I'm kind of fusing the two. So sports doc is kind of my world right now. And I'm really enjoying it. So yeah. I can't believe you let him go first. There's just nothing to top that, but I'll I'm sure. That's the whole reason. I'm Ben. <laughs> so, I'm so okay, uh, yeah, I'll I'll try to mirror Albert a little bit. So uh, for those who maybe don't know a lot about me, I'm originally from uh, New Jersey, around like the New York half of the state. Um, and I, I didn't discover Roundnet until I went to school. Um, I actually heard about Spikeball for a while for my ultimate team. And um, a big part of my background is just like sports and community, um, kind of wherever I was in, in, you know, even other like groups and um, volunteer efforts, like just getting people together for some causes. And as I grew up, I really got into sports. Obviously, um, through a couple of different like twists and turns, I found Roundnet um, through my brother Ezra uh, after he came back uh, from school and taught me. And then I started playing it. And um, pretty quickly, I realized it's a really fun way to, to be active, be social. 
Um, and very early on, um, for me, I started playing a little over eight years ago now. I experimented with storytelling even way back when I, I was, um, you know, live streaming on Periscope, which was like Twitch, uh, Twitter's uh, like old thing, uh, trying to just like follow the games. I had um, some, you know, trials and tribulations there. And ultimately, uh, over the past couple of years, um, tried to improve my storytelling. Uh, came from a much more sport-heavy background than Albert, but um, yeah, as far as us getting together, I'm sure I'll get into it. But uh, I was like, "Hey, Albert, you wanna you wanna do like more storytelling-focused sports coverage?" And he was like, oh, "Yeah, hold my beer, Ben." Uh, and that's kind of why we're here today. Yeah, and again, Ben and I met in like the summer of what? Oh my gosh, 2020. 2021. This is our two-year I had yeah. been playing. I'd been playing Roundnet for like a month. And I was like, I want to play at a higher level pickup. So I went to one. Ben was there. And then he sold me uh, my first pro set for $500. Uh, and at that time, you were just a customer to I was just like, You're yeah. Another, another buck. No, yeah. I think he sold it to and me for around 90. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just a customer. I gave him, I gave him the homie rate for sure uh, before we even knew each other. But yeah. 10% um, discount. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we, we started playing back then. And then um, it actually took us. Um, I remember we connected through like a WhatsApp group and then it took me like five or six months to get Albert bought in on like the local DC community G GWR. Um, and he missed out on several months of playing. So if you guys think Albert's get around it now, he could have been insane if he just, where, where would he have been? Where would yeah. Been? He might, he might've been too good to want to film around it. He might've yeah, been yeah. too good. Yeah. yeah. Dude. I mean, Ben really stunted like my pro career growth. I feel <laughs> like at the beginning of this season, you know, I had just come off getting premiere at nationals last year and I was like, this is going to be my year. I'm going to grind every single day. And then now I've played at nothing. So <laughs> yeah. I, and I announced a recall next year. So it's a recall. Albert lost to me at a local tournament and that's, that's all you need to know about how, how much I've stunted his growth. It's just a disaster. <laughs> hey, Albert has already put out a feeler for him and I try to recall next year together. No oh, one, so you don't watch after that. And that's getting a whole documentary. And whole, that's <laughs> an entire episode by itself. Oh, it's a series. It's a series. That's a series. <laughs> that's a series. <laughs> well, it'll take us more than it'll take us more than one. Exactly. Yeah, it'll certainly be a series. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, you guys kind of got into it, but if you can quickly, right, wrap up or give a little more context to pre-round network, pre twenty twenty three, what would you describe kind of your role or involvement in round? We'll go Ben first. Okay, I'll give you the lightning round. Yeah. Um, USA Roundnet, East Roundnet, Creator Washington Roundnet, volunteering for IRF, doing pro bono consulting for anybody that has questions for me, whether it's a rules question, whether it's spike blasting me about tournament series stuff, talking to EU people as I can. Um, and yeah, trying to play pickup and just train people offhand as well, get people better at Roundnet. Did you have that list already on your laptop or are you just... You know, you just have that to go as soon as... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't trying to do a longer form version of that where I've already got bullet points written down. So uh, hopefully, <laughs> I I can, hopefully I can tell my story a little more clearly another time. We'll go, no, it will go through. Well, I think we'll get through it as it goes. That's okay. <laughs> Better, but we're also, people don't know that you... I would, I'm going to use the term were in a not in a, in a not bad way. You were oh. a like top competitive round net player. Sure, right? so, sure. Like at what point... What would you say is your probably best? I, I don't know. Do you have like an idea in your head of your best placement or your favorite results? Sure. I, I, I thankfully just had to recount this recently to uh, some friends. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I played. I started playing around eight years ago, but I've played like four full years of roundup between injuries and COVID-19. So my best results probably were um, 2019. I got top four at the last ever summer spike in New York City. 
beat out some top teams. Um, and otherwise, I fell one point short of making the pro division in 2019 because the wrong person served at 1920. And uh, we didn't have the score rotation thing at the time. And if you're wondering how how sick I was that day, I didn't know what the score was. So that's, yeah, we were we were pretty down. And, and almost that's, always made the pro division anyway. So, yeah. Um, I think I think like 2017 before I broke my arm, uh, I was like top 40 consensus player. I, w- I would have put myself higher, uh, and then I and then I tried to by breaking my arm, so didn't work out well. Yeah, but well, yeah, ben, I, was, I'm, I guess I'm I used saying, to play. Ben's not. Yeah, Ben's not. Just I'll close. I'll close ben, this. Ben's I'll close this sentiment player. by saying I I love playing around it. That's why we all show up in these communities because it's a fun thing to do. Um, for a lot of different health reasons, it's been very hard for me to feel confident and comfortable actually training and playing. And as I alluded to, I also do a lot of round net world building stuff that uh, takes up time and energy. Yeah. And also often goes unseen. I think I see you constantly in the Discord. I constantly see you, uh, you know, giving people tips when even when I was at Discord. <laughs> the Discord. I, I stay away from that toxic place. But anyway, um, I constantly see you doing observer clinics where as often as you can. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it is some things that go seen, such as the lovely documentaries that you both put out on the on the Round Network on YouTube, and even the content uh, the content you guys put on Instagram. But there's also a hell of a lot of work that you do even outside of the Round Network that uh, is uh, yeah a little bit of a more of a just a sentiment of appreciation to you and all the stuff you do. I know you listed off all the things you did earlier, but it's a hell of a lot of things you do away from the spotlight. Even if uh, the video is the spotlight of the Round Network, there's plenty that goes behind it, which we're also going to get into more. When talking about the projects you guys are doing, um, Albert, I know that you said you got premiered at the end of last year at the championship. I also saw you doing some great video work at the Worlds. But you know, where else were you prior to prior to this year, last year? Oh man! Aside from just the contender player with a dream, um, <laughs> honestly, quote I it, quote I, it. I did a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I did a little bit of design, like I made the GWR logo. I uh, designed the jerseys um and so you know that was kind of like me pitching a little bit but then i think it was in san francisco at that major that i was like i'm gonna bring a camera and and take a lot of photos um and now i mean we have so many people in the community that come out and do that at all these tournaments it's pretty amazing and so there's been a real influx of people that are willing to just kind of bring a little bit of their creative passion to the community like say once they get knocked out or everything they'll just start you know doing media and i think that's really cool so i think i was a little bit in that world last mm-hmm. year um because even at the the even at nationals i i filmed a bit of the co-ed the day before and i think those clips get used somewhere for spike ball marketing <laughs> material but yeah i i was just on the fringe of wanting to start actually doing you know meaningful spike ball media i was kind of just in it for the fun just like yeah i'll just drop box you guys whatever i i take mm-hmm. All right, I'll, I'll I'll shout out. Albert has also run a tournament locally that got a lot of people out playing. So um, he always oh, yeah. sells himself short in some ways. Quick interjection about that. It was a Halloween tournament, and we had pitched Ryan Gross and Grant Laughlin on they can play together at this local tournament. There would have been no other pro players if they had come in sumo suits that inflate per every game they win. So like if they win a game, <laughs> they have to inflate at 10%, and they have to keep on going with the inflation as they go get deeper in the day. That's still on the table for this Halloween. Like we're running any ben, any two pro players that want to come to DC. This yeah, is the content we need. This is the content we need. I have two questions. One, did you think? Do you think they would have won? No. You would be Brian Pearlson playing with anybody. Oh so, no. Right, the body ups would have been insane. 
<laughs> ben, did you, Ben, did you know that? Did you know about Albert's idea at the time? Yes. And you waited until 2023 to lock him down for a content partnership? That's a golden idea. You said on the spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we actually, actually, I think we started talking if the texts are right, really right around that exact time that he was having those golden ideas. So I think, I think uh, as far as talent scouting goes, like I know how to pick them. Like, I'm like, Albert Sumo suit. Like yeah. what else can you think of? Hey, um, all right. Uh, but back on track, whoever wants to take this, I would love this, the story, however you would like to present it of round at work from inception of idea to let's say your, your first, your first video. I know that's a doozy. Yo, yeah. Do you want, do you want to take it? Sure. So we were in Ben's apartment. It was winter, cold, windy outside. Set the scene. I love it. A dark day, I think. Anyways, Ben <laughs> and I were sitting at his kitchen table and he was like, you know, I feel like there's a lot more media that could be done through Roundnet. And I was like, yeah, and I've got all these cameras and, you know, a little bit of time. And so basically he was just like, yeah, and you know, maybe we make something called like the Round Network. And I just opened my laptop and I started designing the logo like right away. And I will say that I'm waiting for the day that I have just a little time to go back and make a new logo because this one was made in 30 minutes. And I was like, boom, there it is. It says Round Network. It's got like some color into it and and export. Um, and yeah, we kind of just ran with it. And the idea was just to do a test video with this GWR January tournament. Um, I believe, you know, Christian Bennett, Ryan Gross, Joe Bondi, like Spotless debuted there, Bad Combo debuted there. And it was just sort of like, what can we do that could help to tell a tournament day fully? And so we wanted to kind of fuse a little bit of like what HTR had done with the Kentucky Cash Out, but with like, hey, maybe we can like make a more full day and we load a bunch of graphics and all this stuff. Um, and so that video was kind of like, beginning sort of i guess thesis statement of the round network but it was never intended to be kind of like a finished product it was just like here's a test let's see if people like it let's see if it means anything to the community if it if it ups the ante for any sort of way that we tell a tournament story and yeah it was just like two hours long it was it was crazy and so many games were like recapped in it um but quickly realized after that that it's just like maybe something that's more impactful is just a story-based line where it's I mean Chris Reuter and I've had this conversation where it's like the best thing about sports documentary is that it becomes 80% about the people and 20% about the sport and if you can get that ratio right people will be invested no matter what because it's like I'm not that into this sport or I'm not into that sport like I don't know about tennis I don't know about golf full swing boom you know break point boom like these docs make me care about the people and the community and the culture. And because of that, now I'm into the drama of the sport. So I kind of went off a little bit about Round Network, but yeah, that's kind of the story of like the very beginning of it. I'm sure you don't know a lot about people going off track in interviews or going different than where you expected. Um, ben, at the time when you were putting this together, I know like I will, a specific thing that came to mind was like, I remember it seemed very like a hush hush tournament. Like, were you hoping on purpose to, like, keep the results hidden and make this known or, like, you know, with that? And then separately, like, did you have similar kind of learnings right away like Albert did after your first first video? As far as Hush Hush, I, I think we we did try to get the word out to some players. Um, I was at the Climb in Colorado with 
almost all the top players in the U.S. And so I was like, hey, guys, like, we'll host you. We'll figure out housing. Um, so we, we luckily got a couple. Um, the only thing I did to maybe hush hush was I just unchecked the public box on Fuengo's webpage so that you couldn't look up results after. So that, that was pretty easy. I didn't, I didn't really, uh, you know. That's it. Well, okay. I didn't really, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell Fala. Fala still dropped the high. You didn't tell anyone months before we played out. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I think I like gave Spotless like the podium photo at the end of the day so they could like make it their thumbnail. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. But, um, you know, as far as far as learning it goes, I think the biggest thing, right. We, like I alluded to some of the other things I do was us trying to film this one tournament made me 10 times the tournament director that I used to be. And I think I used to be pretty dang good because you go from, um, I don't know what can be a, a passable laissez-faire attitude about the schedule to, we need to know where everybody is playing every single point in the day. And we need to make sure they know where they're going to play so we can plan around filming that. And, um, yeah. So as far as the learnings, not just from the media side and storytelling side, but the logistics of all of that, um, is, is a really fun game for people who like nerding out about that stuff. Um, so I guess just me in the room. Um, but yeah, as far as the storytelling side of it too, um, Albert has, has all of this really like good experience from the doc side for me, when I'm thinking about my experience around it, there's a hundred really interesting things that happen at a tournament. And so the other big learning that maybe came a little later on, uh, at Richmond, um, as opposed to the GWR one where we really didn't even know what our expectations were. It's just that there are over a hundred interesting things that are going to happen in the day and you will lose your mind trying to film even 20 or 30 of them. Um, you need to pick about four or five and roll the dice, and I bet two or three of them are going to be really cool. I want to interject in uh, um, and just asking, because when you guys were first doing that GWR uh, tournament recap, you mentioned just then, Ben, of like the additional you know, thought and uh, process you had to go through to make those logistical change to suit the documentary or to suit the, the video that you was then creating. I think when you're first doing something like that, even if you have somewhat of good information from, uh, you know, a Kentucky cash out video of a prior basis you can go off from, not only are you spending so much time editing and preparing the video, but it's usually the thoughts that's going into how you want the video to look that's also spending so much time. On just a basis or, or on, a, on a general level, how many hours did you both put into that initial video and I mean, more of just in the preparation, I'm not talking about all the sparking of ideas in the beginning. I'm mainly just talking about that preparation, the logistics during the day, the editing after, the capturing of film from teams, like how much editing and work went into that just one video. Uncluttered that. You can, you can, you can, you can, your best guess. you can DM us on Instagram what your best guess is. Yeah. Um, I can only, edit a 10 minute highlight video. Like I don't so, understand. I don't yeah. Understand. I, yeah. I won't, I won't, I won't go like too, too deep here, but just like, Albert and I have both had like lots of personal things going on this year that have made doing this work exceptionally challenging. And I just remember one day where Albert was like, can you get me stats on like all of these games? And I was like, okay. And I grind out like 20 pool play game stats in like four hours. And I was like, here, is this what you need? He's like, yeah, I guess so. I'm like, oh my gosh. And that was <laughs> kind of our, I think that was like a nice microcosm of our existence from like January 15th to like whenever you guys saw the video drop in like mid-February. It was pretty much that. Like some days we're just like, oh, this is my whole night and some days we just had to live life and survive <laughs> and then and then building off from that you guys then obviously did the expedition matches in in california if i'm not mistaken what was yeah that? How, how did that come about how early did you guys plan this was it straight after the gwr tournament was it prior to that how did that sort of come about because for me this was a lot of people's first real like exposure to you know pro level round net on such a high quality and in such you know in such an amazing fashion as you guys did in early January this year. Where did this uh, idea and 
vision yeah come from buddy was really the one that kind of brought that all together i think he was like hey i'll host everybody at my house uh his parents are super sweet super welcoming and kind of just threw down four air mattresses and i believe like ryan gross and rahul slept on a ping pong table and like it was just you know a full house packed with you know the just some elite players in the game and then us uh, and Kevin Um, and it was just kind of a content weekend. Um, so yeah, Buddy really brought us all together for that. And I'd already been in California for a week, and I had luckily my equipment with me. So we just ran right down and filmed that. And it was kind of also a bit of a thesis to like, hey, this is what it could look like if we threw three to four cameras on a pro game with good audio under the net, and then like good editing and interesting choices on when to show replays, what to show for the replays, and also just throwing some stats at the end, you know, to let people understand the context and story of the game after it's all done. And and the only, thing I'll, say, yeah, go back. the only other thing I'll say is we have a couple hundred hours of editing to do from that weekend still, somehow. Yeah. I oh. promised I wouldn't tease, and I, because, and I won't. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, it's a, uh, there's a, we did an individual tournament with all the players there, and we have such a cool day of filming from that. Um, so when that comes out, it'll be awesome. Kevin Um actually just called me about it literally five minutes before this call. So there's there's stuff to be made from it. It's just a matter of like getting the time to go back and edit that stuff because there's so much coming up that is kind of I don't want to say bigger, but it's it it is bigger. Like well, yeah, yeah the two parts that is like the the getting the time versus like the funding the time. Cause for Albert and I, if we can get the time, we'd love to, but also we've started to dip our toe into funding and trying to raise funds to get other people to help us edit. So I think that's the big ben, thing is like, we can't do You are so work. good at this. I was <laughs> just going to ask, right? So we just talked about like where it came from. Those are your first two big projects. Then you've had many others, right? Other things that we can go into, but I think it is important. And I'm sure many wonder, right? Like wh what is like, the business of of round network like look like for for you two currently and like you know longer term um, i'm sure a lot of people wonder like you know where does this come from uh so yeah i got a small loan of five million dollars from my grandfather no um <laughs> no no money no money went into this this uh this project to start i mean like albert said it kind of bootstrapped on him having him having some cameras and me being like let's do the round net thing and uh you know kind of just going back with ideas um but yeah i think uh the question of like what do we do right now? Right now we are working on some some filming with with uh, the Spike Ball Majors in partnership with them because um, they they've been able to to make the commitment to um, partner with us on that. And something I I personally am very passionate about. Albert, I'll let you speak your piece. Is I'm really passionate in, in serving the community directly as much as possible. So I I know um, everyone in the room here is uh, is already like putting skin skin in the game as a supporter. But uh, yeah, the way I see it is. Um, I very much want to do the work for the community. If it's getting those games out uh, from Columbus a week later instead of a month later or a year later, um, because it's not just Albert and I doing the work, we can actually build out a team. So that's that's kind of at least my vision for it is is actually working with the community to help them help us um, get the work out and hopefully then grow the sport with all that viewership and, and sharing those viral plays that are really phenomenal. How about you, Albert? What's your take on the business of Round Network other than the fact that we don't make money that much really? Business of Round Network. Um, okay, so I'm trying to decide how deep we want to go into this. Um, 
basically the first two projects being the exhibition matches and the GWR kickoff, those were just completely pro bono. Those were just like off the hat, I had, you know, off the top of my head or whatever we had, we just poured in a few hundred hours into each of those to get those out. And then I think it was noticed well by Spike Ball and it led to a like, I want to say four day decision before Richmond to be like, hey, can you can you make something of Richmond? So without much time at all to prepare or like actually figure out our storylines and uh, all that stuff, I just immediately called Ryder and I was like, Ryder, we have this, you know, some funding, we can fly you out, you could film it with us and then we'll just see what we can make from it. Um, and Richmond was then the next step in this ladder of just more thesis projects. Um, and uh, yeah, once Spikeball saw what we did with that, they were like, okay, um, you know, what if we did an entire thing of this? And so I made a proposal for them and I actually mocked like Netflix's structure, graphic structure of what a season of content looks like. Like when you pull it up on, on your laptop or on TV, I screenshotted that and I remodeled it in Photoshop for us to have, you know, episodes of Roundnet titles. And it was the, you know, it was the Columbus major, the Philly major, Salt Lake City, uh, Salt Lake City major, uh, and the championship college nationals, like what it would look like for there to be a six episode series of this entire year, all captured, produced, and told in a sense that's honestly better than Richmond. Because I'll, I, tell, I tell this to everybody that kind of comes up and asks or even just compliments about Richmond. And I'm like, Richmond is bottom of the barrel. I'm tired of it. I never, like, you know, I, not that I never want to see it. He hates Richmond so much. I, I showed it. Richmond. I showed it to some, he I showed it to some folks this weekend. Richmond. They were like, this is unbelievable. And I'm like, it's the tip of the iceberg. So that's and really It's promising. trash. It's, it's trash. trash. It's Throw it away. Unlist yeah. it. Delete the video. If, yeah. if you listen to this podcast, please like that video on YouTube. Don't yeah. don't trash it. Thank you. Albert's <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. Ish. Anyways, there's much better production that has happened, and that is to happen. Because like where we are in the season right now, we're just off the Columbus Major, the last of the year, and then we're moving to the championship. It's the last thing we have left to film. But what I'll say is that what I've learned from these each each major that we have filmed, I have learned so much more about what these episodes need to be fantastic and like the next step up. And so we've upgraded production just on the physical side on the ground. We've upgraded the way that editing is approached um, and also just the way that storylines are approached. Like we recently bought these microphones that can like live on the players throughout the day. It doesn't interfere with how much they play. They look like sports bras and every single player we've been on has made sure we know that they look like some bras, <laughs> but they've enjoyed it. They felt supported. I, you know, that's another comment we've been getting. They feel supported. <laughs> supported. Um, in two ways? Or in, in maybe three ways. Uh, we won't go into whatever the third is. Um, but it's, yeah, it. there's a lot that we've scaled up and I'm excited for people to see it. And I think the feeling I just have that I need to get off my chest in all this and the storyline of it for us as Round Network is there's been a big project that all of my evenings and everything has just been pouring into and that's Spikeball College Nationals and it'll be on ESPN and it's 48 minutes long and it's the result of two days of filming that tournament and once that is out which is going to be very shortly like the deadline was yesterday so this week is literally just kind of getting it to press it's just a little polishings left once that is out it opens the dam I hope 
opens the dam for all the rest of these projects coming. I cannot wait to edit Salt Lake City. I can't wait to edit Philly. Philly will be so crazy. I don't want to set high expectations, <laughs> but I'm just saying it's going to be so good. Uh, Columbus will also have some very emotional storylines. Um, so I, I'm i ranting a bit here, but I just I think it's important to note that once Spikeball College Nationals comes out, it kind of just opens the floodgates of like my time and energy again. And I really, I want to serve the community in a way where it's like, hey, I know that these tournaments have happened a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, but like, I, I want you to know the content's coming and it's not because I've been sitting idle. It's not because we've been sitting idle. It's because so much energy has gone into making this thing for ESPN and making it like as good as we can make it so that we have that opening up the world to to round in, you know, on a broadcast level. I have a few things to say. I'll let you go back. You go, Scott. I was just going to say one comment. I'll say one comment. I like when creatives like Albert, if Albert's telling me it's going to be good, I know it's going to be good because I feel like creatives doubt themselves so much. Like, ah, it's not very good. So if Albert's telling me that like Philly's going to be awesome, like, I, I like, I feel that. Like, oh, wow. It's the guy saying like, Richmond is bad, you know? Right, like yeah. So that makes me feel good. Just wanted to say that. There you go, Scott. So I just I just wanted to add in on in all of that. I think that was a, a obviously really nice to see how much in depth and talk about the the college nationals and the projects still to come. I just wanted to add in regards to firstly how you guys did both the first two projects, the GWR and then the uh, the all the expedition games in California. Just you know, out of just creative spark had some free cameras coming around had an idea for production let's put it out here and just show what what it's potentially capable of making and a really high level and now that's gone on to richmond and all these other projects that you've now been involved this year i think it just goes to show that if you have a creative spark or you you uh you have something to offer the community whether that be through a, a videography uh standpoint or something else it's you know do it and then see where it leads i think it's it's so awesome to see how much time and effort you put in those first two videos. And now, now look where you're at. You're, you're a few like majors behind and everyone's so excited to watch them and they're going to get, you know, thousands of views and, you know, the college nationals might get hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, you know, um, as you said, opening the dam for sure. Uh, so I just wanted to emphasize and point out that just hopefully inspire also other people to maybe use their own individual and creative spark in whatever way they can to the community as you guys have done. Um, and the second thing I just wanted to talk about then was, it's it's have you ever thought about i mean ben you touched on it about expanding your team with having so many projects and i mean championships only like two or sorry a month away um just over a month away that's going to be another huge project of both filming planning and then editing i mean you know how how many albies can we create in this world so that everything (laughs) everything everything moves even quicker you know what you know? Would there be a an outside of Roundnet and this? You're doing many other things. Likewise, is Ben. You know, what what would be the money fee that you would both need to be like? Hey, this is the thing I'm doing full time now, and start building a team around the finances you had. Do you see that as happening? You know, sooner rather than later, or just to continue doing your work and and see where it goes. What are your sort of thoughts on that in regards to finances in the long term and and your team to get these projects out as soon as possible. Ben, if you want to answer that, I'll go for Oh, I'll go first. Sorry, I'll be, I'll I'll I want to go first. Defer to the guy who, uh, I want to defer to the guy who says I'm keeping him, holding him back his pro uh, scene and see if he's just going to make a pro run next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you if you don't know that I love Roundnut, you're you're 
you're probably living under a rock because like the intersection people listening to this podcast um, that haven't heard Mike shouting out all my fact checks. It's got to be pretty small. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is the only thing I want to be doing uh, to build the sport around it. Like I mentioned, there's a lot of other stuff I'm passionate about, but uh, yeah, it'd be a dream to be doing this in a capacity where I'm not doing it until 2 a.m. because I can do it during like the nine to five more regularly. That'd be cool. Um, but as far as what the number looks like, I don't know. And as far as if we get there, uh, I think it's a little bit in our control, but also I think it's very much in the control of a lot of people around here that are like, that, that say the things like, this is the best content I've ever seen for the sport of round net. Give it to me for $0, right? Like that intersection of like, where is this coverage from this thing? I demand it now. Um, and that's all, that's all I'll, I'll rant about there. I'll keep it pretty light in tone, but Albert, I, if you want to speak to building teams, I know we've built some teams day of, but, um, in post, we're not doing too much scaling yet. Yeah. I mean, if you think about all the things that are in the can, I mean, we'd love to have, you know, Philly semis and finals edited and posted on YouTube for people very quickly. And so when I think of team, the first name that comes to mind is Noah Vasington. He's done a lot of great work for us just out of the love of the game. Um, And we really appreciate it. I mean, he's really stepped up his ability as an editor in the past year, but now he's stepping up his ability as a videographer, um, which I find really interesting. And that kind of inspires me because I recognize a lot of like my journey when I was first starting out in Noah and he's got the passion for it. So it's important to have those people that are creative and talented um, and just kind of want to get better and they're hungry to get better that way. And so with these teams that we're taking to all these majors, each one has been a different rendition. Um, but I feel like for the championship, I kind of just want to bring together a bit of the all-stars of the majors, you know, kind of like whatever we can form of the dream team. So no the Avengers. Back- yeah, the Avengers are a simpler. But here's the thing too, is like, you know, you bring in an outside videographer. I know plenty of people from my time in Miami and New York and even here in DC that that could come in and they're very capable cinematographers they're in their own right but you tell them to come and film round it and they're just like this is a 12 plus hour day and it's in the sun and it's the the so much is happening so many games and the the break that you get for lunch is usually just spent interviewing players so you can fill in that context of what are you going through right now what are you feeling what are the stakes what needs to happen there's so much happening that it's almost a non-stop day uh, from just the the filming side, it's it's pretty brutal and it's not for everyone. Um, it's just grindy, and you need to have a videographer that loves the game a bit too because they know how to film brown at best. You know, like Ryder knows how to film brown it. Kevin Um knows how to film brown it. Noah is, knows how to film brown it and is getting much better from the behind the camera side. Um, and so. We recently brought in Nick Horgan for Columbus, and he did a fantastic job. I've looked through some of his footage, and I'm really excited because we're going to bring him back for the championship. And so now that team he is a pro bit. Yeah. <laughs> he got a pro bit. So, you know, we're, we're looking at Noah, Nick, myself, and hopefully one other, like, just like, you know, ringer um, of a videographer. And if we can. Is that because Ryan is playing, or is that because he's not part of the dream team? <laughs> You know, you just don't want to drop here. <laughs> We're assuming Ryder's playing, but if he's not, there's maybe some conversations we had. Um, but sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Go on. No, that's. I mean, yeah, that's where. Yeah, and then Alyssa Yee from Spikeball, she's also a talented videographer. She 
um, should be there too. And I, from what I hear, I think she'll be like on our team as well. So the dream would be having, you know, what is that? Six or yeah, five or six videographers. And, and that Mm -hmm. will be the, the most coverage we've ever been able to have. And so the stories that we can tell really do expand from that. Um, because you think about all the teams that you'd like to have followed and it's just endless. Like, you know, everyone's got a pretty good shot at the title this year. And that makes choosing the teams we follow really, really hard. Yeah. When it it's done. I like Albert, like in, 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 uh, in tune of hyping up the college video, I saw an early draft and I said to Albert, like, did you film all this? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, if if Albert filmed all of this footage, I can't imagine what six videographers would do. Like how much stuff you could get. Like it's 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 crazy. Like it's that sounds awesome. And then and then Albert can just you know drive through it for six months after the fact through all the footage. But uh, day of that's that's awesome. That's very cool. Um, I was going to ask. I think like uh oh I, I'm gonna lose it again. But never mind. We'll cut that. Or just leave it in. I lost my brain. <laughs> I think it would be nice for us to go through some of the Q&As that the, our, our audience has asked us to ask you. And I think some of them might be short topics, but some of them might be a little bit longer ones and some we haven't covered. So if there's anything you guys want to add or... or, or I got one more thing to say. To the questions. Go for it. I got one more. Um, well, I'm going to ask your guys' thoughts on this, but I'll, I'll ask a quick... I'll, I'll give you... I'll give, I'm going to give a take. And then I'm going to ask you guys for follow-up. So you guys this year have started doing the round at work, um, you know, you know, LLC. So it's not really you guys legally, right? Uh, the round at work doing the <laughs> round at power rankings this year. And right. They recently came out and I think you guys are doing a great job, especially this week where in system was number one. And as expected, all the comments were like, nope, recency bias, bad. I'm going to say those people don't understand power rankings at work. And they, and as the one who's been doing power rankings for the past like six years, no one will ever understand power rankings. So I'm going to defend the round network that in system deserves that number one spot right there. Are they the best team in the world? No, but like on this power ranking. Yeah. So like, yeah, it is what it is. But anyway, and then rogue was like, was 98 and 96, right? They're like ratings. So like they were the same anyway. I just wanted to ask really quickly, like, at what point did you guys decide to get into, like, the rankings business, too? And is it as frustrating as it was for me for all my years? Um, I'll, I'll speak for Albert briefly and say it's only frustrating for Albert when I do a bad job with the graphics. Um, but uh, I'll give all the cre- I'm going to give all the credit here to Kieran, Rose, and a lot of other um, dedicated round net players um, that actually do the voting. Albert and I don't make the rankings. And the only thumb on the scale I think I did was maybe a month or two ago. Uh, it must have been after the Philly major because that, that sounds about a month ago. Um, I got I got like the, the numbers in and, and I was like, Kieran, are, are you guys just like keeping the teams like the same every week? Like I thought you made a weekly <laughs> power ranking because you wanted to be able to like reflect all the hot or not kind of situations, um, which of course, um, Mike, I know we talked about this when you used to do a lefty on two power ranking. I think power rankings are a fun thing, and if, uh, if you have fun doing them, um, enjoy them. But they don't really mean anything to me uh, personally. Um, I think uh, international federations and national governing bodies ranking players on the outcomes of events is a lot more legitimate. Um, so yeah, if you have fun, good. If you get angry in a comment, um, hopefully you don't stay angry for the rest of your day. Um, yeah, I know uh, the GWR local power rankings, Albert's above me right now. 
I didn't get to vote on them, but I had to post them. That was really humbling. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, I got a little off track there, and I made Max. it first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, I think it. Uh, you want to add yeah. to that? <laughs> I think the power rankings have been a really cool dynamic. I mean, my addition to it is honestly just designing the the border that goes around those things, and then yeah, unreal. Like Ben, like ben said, the Easter egg hunting <laughs> I do for these photos, dude. The, the number of photos people oh take where they're God. side by side and doing oh, something yeah, yeah. boring is next to none. So if you're a photographer, this is my only. A lot of great photographers out there taking sick action shots. If you could just get boring portraits of people week to week, so I can yeah. When you guys just have sure. Yeah, yeah. Just hold them in arms. Oh, that's the dream. Any that's funny poses uh, for any tournament you're at, you know, smile for like Kanatan, anybody else, just like buddy pictures. Um, I think the Christmas the tournament? tournament that did that. Yeah. Uh, like one was... year, one year, like regionals, I forget what year it is. My mom went around and took just like portraits, like pictures of all the team. And it's just like, wow, that was so immensely helpful just, just doing that. She just didn't yeah. see the people get have pictures. Um, yeah. But anyway, next time yeah. we do a pro pro uh, thing that we did like in California, we'll do a media section of it, Albert, where we can get like the not just the gameplay, but the media day kind of stuff. Scott knows what I'm talking about right. from college football. Oh, uh, then you can do the cool little spinny thing. All, yeah, all that fun stuff. Um, all right, that's my aside. I had to talk. I had to rank about rankings once more. Uh, sure. Back to Scott. We'll do some Q and A. Yeah, I, I think okay, just going through the Q and A of all the questions we got given, we've actually gone through so many of them, which has been really nice because I mean it's just nice to have the podcast to be able to go through these quite uh, the naturally. A lot of them were uh, about the finance and how you finance your work, which again, because again we've got to remember that loads of people don't know one who's behind the round network and two they don't know the story behind it. Like there's been for as good as you guys are at telling stories. You haven't told your own story as well as so, you could have. So, you know, behind the self, self-advocacy is a huge weakness at Round Network. So we're, we're working very hard on self-advocacy. And uh, Albert and I are continuing to have those hard chats. But how, it's also tough, right? Like how you want to put yourself out in the world of like, of being like, hey, like we'd love your support, but like we don't need your support. But like if you if we do get your support, we can do more and better stuff. It's a it's a hard thing to figure out how we want to message that. Obviously, this is pretty community dedicated podcast for space. Hey, can you can, can show real quick uh, on ESPN? <laughs> Sorry, show, show your uh, your Kofi uh because um, you can sign up to donate every month. You can. Um if you go to if you go to our Instagram, it's in our link tree. Uh but it's just Kofi ko-fi.com slash round network, I believe. Some great stuff. And, uh, Mike Mike Mike, Mike figured Mike figured out how to do it. Mike figured out how to do it. You pledge yeah. a few bucks a month, you get you get a nice uh access to it to to a Discord. And some other stuff, and also just feel like you're uh, you're supported from these guys. So I would recommend it. Uh, just yeah. plug. They paid me to plug that. They reimbursed my monthly fee. Um, so not absolutely close. It's actually a fair uh, team. If you just keep on promoting <laughs> us to your friends, then we'll reimburse you your fee, and so on and so on. Yeah. It's so fair of heard. Okay. All right. I mean, t to give a little <laughs> bit of insight, because I'm, you know, I, I think that, yeah, the question of the financing, right? It's right now, I think Spikeball has found enough value in the round network and this six episode season to basically, and I think this is how Ben would put it, not buy my time accurately to how much I would charge a, you know, corporation like the Smithsonian or the ESPN or CBS Sports. But enough for me to be like, I'm okay giving basically the back half of my year to to you guys, to Spikeball. So right now, I'm not saying I am full-time because I still am taking on other shoots, other jobs, and you know, find places for that. But um, Spikeball has basically 
given a rate that can that is acceptable for me to say I will make you these six episodes and I will I will pour in you know whenever I can a whole day's work for you nine to five um, and obviously those like Ben has alluded to they go probably sometimes more like till two a.m. three a.m. Um, because it's just that's how much time has to go into the editing um, so financially I feel like it is cool to be like oh man like I can do this work for Spikeball, get paid for it, you know, live my life. Uh, when it comes down to it, we had a conversation with the team there and it's like, yeah, you know, when we get to the year of 2024, it's like, let's talk about what this would look like at a true scale. Because right now you're still getting kind of a bit of that passion project scale, a bit of that like, well, Albert and Ben are both kind of willing to just give a lot more time that would ever be billable, that would ever really be able to be accounted for uh, you know, in a healthy way for overtime. Um, so it may, you know, next year it's kind of like, okay, so all this is out and, and where do we go from here? How do we make this like a sustainable thing? Can this be, you know, a, a year long thing where it's like, if, what would it look like if we were able to just totally be dedicated to this and, and this alone? So all interesting questions, things to think about for the future, but I am happy this year that I've gotten the ability to do something that I'm passionate about, make some money through it and sustain kind of like, you know, just that level. So, yeah. I have yeah. way too much to say or add on that. I'm not going to, not going to, I'm going to holster it for this podcast. Uh, you're welcome. Everyone's ears. <laughs> but uh, I'll, to keep it short, I'll say, I disagree with a little bit of what Albert says um, in that, like, like the, the decision-making of like how we, how we come about, like, um, I don't know like putting our time in like we we both go back and forth on how 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 much passion we have for round net versus for spike ball um and i think albert has a little more passion for spike ball maybe than i do just because i've been around the game a long time okay yeah no i, I think we both we appreciate the insight as well as the, the question is that is that enough insight like you know oh, that's, that's a lot yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> and, and i mean again i'm sure we could talk about you know, that in, in this huge amount of detail but you know there's so many things to cover and i think uh yeah, I think that's a really nice insight for most people to understand yeah. a, a better understanding of the financial situation behind the round their work, the future plans, and, and yeah, and where yeah, yeah, where it sort of lies within your priority list right now as, as both individuals. And something um, that I think we're add, uh, well, yeah, yeah, go. Sorry, something I'll just add to that is that like Skylar brought up a good point where he's like, "Hey, you know, this money it would be really cool to keep it within the roundnet community." And so obviously we're not going to flex ourselves or sell ourselves short if there's another really good editor or videographer that's available but like it has been cool to be able to keep that money in like you know Ryder and Kevin Um and, and Noah Basington and Nick Corrigan like it's important I think that now we have some to trickle down so that you know we are hiring our shooters we're paying our PAs you know so it's it's a, it's a legit operation um, that just needs to scale up a bit for proper production conditions in the future and that's kind of where I'll leave it good point um, let's end with a, just a couple more questions. Uh, so I don't want to run, you know, a three hour long podcast, but we're just hitting around the hour mark. Um, to, to add on, on the next question, uh, where do you guys see post-produced round their content in the next few years? You've talked about already sort of a plan and scaling up potentially for next year, but have you sort of had a even bigger picture in regards to, you talked earlier about, Hey, there's a Netflix cutout. Here's a six series, uh, you know, episode or how it could look for Roundnet 2023. Have you had sort of an even bigger perspective in regards to how 
you know, Roundnet content could look in 2025 within the scope of what the Roundnet work sort of is right now slash could be for the future? Yeah. So I would say what could make all this a lot better is pre-planning. It's just having like not three days before Richmond to think about what we're going to do at Richmond. It's like, hey, if we can lock in and understand that in 2024, we're producing whole season episodes, and I'll just say this is just from the outside area, you know, whatever logistics side of things. If that can, you know, then be on a streaming service, which I believe is a goal of Spike Ball, it's a goal, you know, personal goal for us too. That would be amazing for exposure, right? But when we talk about scaling up what production can actually look like, you're just thinking about, well, what if we uh, stops kind of using phones as like our C cams? Like, what if we started using like actual like production cameras for everyone's camera, not just the one in my hands or Nick's hands or Noah's hands? Like, what would it look like if we did it all with proper equipment, but then not only filming just on the field for one day? You need you, it makes you have to derive your entire story and all the depth of your character around how you see them for one 15 hour day at a tournament. Only but that's not <laughs> and only on yeah on hot turf that makes all the cameras overheat. I'm talking we need days that are literally, hey, fly to Texas and film with Frederick Hinkle, fly to California and film with Buddy Hammond at his home. I mean, fly to these plate where these people live, like go to Livonia, spend some time with Rogue there in their home state. That's the type of media days that will add so much depth to production and also so much depth to these people because we only get to see the side of them that is round at player playing round at tournament. And if you look at any respectable sports documentary series, it's just, there's so many more layers. Like you, you have these documentary teams following these people to grocery stores. You have them, you know, with them at homes as they're buying strollers. I'm thinking about like, you know, full swing. Like there's so much more life in these people that I want to be able to come in and, and tell that story to flesh them out so that when you watch them play, you're like, this is where it all accumulates to. This is the highlight of, and this is kind of the emotional stakes for them. Um, Albert, you're picking up some great, some great, uh, you, you said that perfectly. Like we can use that in a documentary about Round Network. <laughs> I think, I think if you guys can send me that clip, I'm going to put that on our like Kofi intro page for just like, that's what that we want to put for. We want to, we want to go to Thomas Hamilton's grocery store and that's, yeah. that's where your support goes. We're going to um, buy the same apples he buys. We're getting that same cinnamon toast crunch for your cankle again. Exactly. Uh, I have two questions if we go off off the Q&A script, because I had these coming in. You mentioned, right, the, you, we mentioned a couple of times the other sport things. What uh, I wanted to say aside, like Formula One, right, their drive to survive. I watched the whole season live, and then I watched like it back on drive to survive. So for me, for your videos, I'm in no rush, right? Like I'm, I'm excited to see the story after the fact with that i have two questions is there a show that's for, for either of you is like your biggest kind of inspiration for the round network documentaries and then two uh albert i'm gonna just say these two so i don't have to interrupt again two is there a story that you am not sure you're gonna be able to tell or maybe couldn't tell in richmond or in college nationals that you think was like an awesome story that you want to share so start you first with the inspiration i'm gonna take the first one story yeah you go back um, so some people talk about Christmas in July, but on June 21st, we woke up. If you don't know, Albert and I are actually roommates now. I made some pancakes and we sat down in front of the TV and we watched some Breakpoint uh, because we had been anticipating the date. It got delayed a couple weeks, uh, but bottom line, uh, yeah, the way that they do the storytelling, um, 
Albert, Albert was like, Ben, you got to check this out. I was like, this is pretty hype. Now I, I watched like a masters this weekend. I like had to watch the highlights back of uh, Novak versus uh, Alcaraz uh, because now I'm just like a tennis fan, I guess. So that's thanks to Breakpoint And yeah, the beats, oh, the score of Breakpoint is so hype. Um, Albert, I don't know if you want to flex on that and then go into some untold stories. I feel like untold stories, Mike, is like where I would love to do some breakdowns at some point, but. Untold you know. stories is where we reach that three hour podcast. Lane. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just say me inspiration for like sports doc last chance you i cannot recommend it enough it it literally made me fall in love with sports talk i it completely changed the way that i saw what it looks like if you can truly embed with people to the point where they kind of the camera disappears and you're you're just a part of the team they do that so well and then breakpoint obviously like ben mentioned so those are the two i'll name drop here they they're pieces of media that have like changed the way i view my like career profession what i want out of it um I'll just say this in a general thing because the individual stories would take too long. Women's round net is an area that we don't want to neglect. And it is tough because when we film these majors, we kind of think about the storylines that we have and we know like, well, Rogue is undefeated and we have to stick with them and we have to do this. And so our resources kind of stretch short and it sucks because we would love to have this duality of like a storyline that follows the men's scene and then the women's scene at each tournament. And when it comes down to where we could put people, cameras, we oftentimes just kind of bleed up into the the open, you know, whatever, pr- premier power pool, that whole area. So I'll just give this little spoiler. For the championship, we will have the resources to follow twins for the whole day. And that's that's the team that we're, we're going to that's one of the teams that we have already put in stone that we're, we're following. So I want to tell a much bigger story and you can't tell that story if you're only following men's team. Um, and if you're only following U.S. majors, Toulouse was something that wasn't really on the list to film and hopefully for 2024, a European major is because I think the international round it is the best story. For me, if I were just told Albert make a single one-off documentary about what's happening in round and the culture of it it would be taiwan round it tokyo round it uh london round it it would be all and you know germany uh, just all of these clubs that have created so much rich culture in the niche sport because that is so cool to see egypt israel chile like i can't name them all but like there's so much to tell in the global richness of like all where the sport touches and i think that's where like a a huge story lies so we have to tap into that i just want to add just some watching i know everyone watches the podcast but just uh watching uh both of you to some extent but albert especially in his last few sentences just watching you uh explain that is just like i have to just so like um down to earth and just like really just like so nice to what like so passionate it's just like you you could come at that from a perspective of like um Oh, I'm getting overwhelmed. There's so many things to do. And there's so many things to film. But you're coming at it with such excitement and passion. It's just, it's very nice to see. Even if people aren't seeing it, they're just listening to. It. But um, I, I want to then just build off off that. And it's one of the questions also the public asked in uh, regards to what has been both your guys's individual favorite moment thus far of the Round Network project. And if I start with you, Ben, what has been your personal favorite? But it could be the dark, gloomy day in December when you guys first say <laughs> the round network would be a cool name and a cool project. But 
yeah, if you feel free to expand, if you have sort of an individual moment that sticks out. That is a, a hard question to pick on so little sleep. So glad Ben is going first. Yeah, he's got so much time. <laughs> I'm going to stall forever. Maybe I should have a bad answer make him go right now. So I think probably my favorite moment, like watching, like 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 filming on on-site um, was College Nationals, just some sound bites um, that I got to hear um, from, from Grant Clapp, uh, the college tournament. Um, just hearing like him express his love for round and getting to like see that captured and come through. Um, just like getting people like getting past like the yeah yeah like you know are you gonna win today like what are the stakes like that kind of stuff and getting to hear more about the people. Um, Albert's been a really good uh, mentor to me on just like trying to to peel everything back because for me I'm coming in with this like I love round net like everyone should just love round net. Um, so getting to like just hear that and kind of get centered on it. But um, I think I think uh, my favorite. My favorite thing I've seen from us, so that's like the onsite. I'll give Albert a little more time. Is the beat dropping um, before pool play in the college championship uh, tournament? I think that is one of my favorite beats, like audio wise, like vibe wise. Just it's so high energy. Um, so uh, I'm excited for everyone to agree with me that that's a really awesome singular moment to watch happen um, whenever that happens. So uh, Albert, what do you got? Uh... I think, you had a lot of time, Albert. I know I had a lot of time. I know I did like, so well, <laughs> and you did a really good job. That thanks. Um, I'll I'll just say that it's it, it's two moments with the same person. It was just with Ryan Marino after Richmond after they had won, and following them through each and every hug that they went through, and then just kind of like plopping down next to Ryan and the cameras rolling, and I'm kind of just like there, and I'm sort of like I don't know, you know. I don't know when's the right time to ask a question here because I just want him to sit in the joy, kind of be there in the joy. And it just felt like a really cool moment of seeing just kind of just pure joy from another human. And and um, that's like the good side of documentary, right? Like you get to capture that. But now I'll talk about that second moment with the same person. And it, it shouldn't be a favorite, but it kind of is because it's so real. I did the same thing when Roe got bounced in Columbus. I sat down on a bleacher next to Ryan Marino with the camera on, pointed at him, and it felt very, very like vulturous. It felt very like leeching off of emotion. But like at the end of the day, that's documentary, you know. Like you, you want to capture the real emotion, and a lot of it sometimes it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to to just be able to hold that camera steady on someone's face when they're really upset and they don't want you there. And the last thing that they would want is is what they're expressing to be captured on film. So um, that night, he stayed at, at my Airbnb, Ryan Reno did, and we just had a conversation at the table where I kind of like laid out a little bit gently where I was just like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be there in that moment with a camera pointed in your face, but I think it's important because it's like, it's real. And, um, you know, the same way that I'll capture your joy in Richmond is like the same way that I'm going to capture the defeat and just the grief of it. Um, so... Those are my favorite Thomas. moments. Yeah, that he he was very quiet that night. I mean, he I remember we we're all at a dining table, and you know there were a few people at the table, Noah Baddington and and a few of Ryan's friends and Connor Prelich, and he is just like you know hands in his hoodie and kind of just like I feel I felt a little bit more understood leaving that conversation by Ryan, where I was just like hopefully he knows that this isn't me trying to just get something out of him, get a rise or, or get a reaction. I actually kind of just want to be there in the room. And that footage oftentimes will be so impactful, like down the road. I mean, yeah, you you just, 
you have to stick around for the real for the real emotion and it is hard to keep the camera put in on them when it's when it's negative but it's cool it's a part of what makes documentary so i don't know just a very special form of storytelling good answer Oh, you know, so actually, if you give me enough time, I've got an even better answer now. (laughs) Um, Although I feel somber, I think that is a good place to try to wrap it up. Um, Ben, can you give us where we can find everything Round Network? Yeah, you can follow the Round Network on Instagram. So it's the Round Network. Um, And there's a link tree if you want to check out our YouTube channel. And it's also got our Ko-fi link to subscribe. You can give us a one-off support. If you think this is a cool podcast, this gave you value, you can give us five bucks. Or if you want to become a monthly supporter, um, that's always appreciated. Um, yeah. I just wanted to give one big thanks. Uh, Albert, maybe maybe think of it as anyone that's played a part bigger or small in these productions. Um, like it's a very weird thing to all of a sudden be getting pulled aside in the middle of pool play to just talk about like the vibes, talk about any connections that are going on. Um, so for anyone that's like been gracious with us this year, I just want to say thank you guys. And for everybody that's been supporting or is maybe starting to support us. Thank you for, for, uh, taking the time. Um, hopefully we can, like I said at the beginning, build around it with the community. That's kind of what I want to do. Sorry. I was a little pitchy. No, I I'll say as I try to wrap this up, I'll say that like, I'm sure many people that you've worked with in those instances are feeling or seeing what we see now is that the two of you are just extremely thoughtful, you know, with the people, with Roundnet, with everything you do. So we really appreciate it. And, you know, Ben, we also know you do so many other things. And we'll probably have you back on so you can ramble and rant about some of those things. But thoughtful is the word that came to mind, thinking about your guys' answers to these questions and all the attention and the effort that you're putting into these. And so I'm going to thank you guys on behalf of the community. And I'm very happy that we're able to to chat through this and, and share with uh, the audience today. Albert's got me feeling uh feeling some palpable emotions with the speech about storytelling around that. Like you're I, I haven't even seen the footage and I can feel that moment with Marino. So I uh very grateful to have you guys on today. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right, then yeah, that wraps up episode twenty two. Thank you all for joining. And uh see you guys in the next episode. Play that out.